Well, Dad, I'm uh, I'm here to visit you for the weekend, you and Mom and uh, the girls, and just we're hanging out here. And I was out in the backyard throwing the football with Katie earlier. And I got to tell you, I think in the – you hadn't quite lived in this house 30 years, but closing down 30 years, I think there are more turds in the backyard right now than I've ever seen before. And what's most impressive is it's not just any one particular kind of turds. There's cow turds. There's deer turds, there's cat turds, there's other kinds of turds. I'm not even sure what they are. So it's it's quite a quite a situation you, you got, got going fox, on there. Po- you got fox, possum, mm-hmm. ki- uh, and coon, Rick. Oh, plus, okay. Plus the ones you said. And skunk. Yeah, and yeah. deer. Deer is like the little pellet deer. ones, right? Yeah, they're little pellets, yeah. Okay. All right. Sort of like rabbits. Yeah, well, looks good out there. Hold on to your butts. It's the mast cast. MassCast has returned yet again. I'm Ricky Mass, alongside, literally alongside, my former Cup Series driving father, Rick Mast, as I'm uh, home here in God's country in Rockbridge Baths for the weekend. So we're here coming to you live from the house in this room that I guess it's like a formal living room is what it's supposed to be. i got to be honest, the whole time I was growing up here in this house, this room was never used for anything. It's like where the, the piano sits there. It never gets played. There's uh, family pictures and paintings and... and fireplace that in 20 some pushing 30 years has never been used to my knowledge uh but now this is the study is that what this room is well now? i bought your mama some gas lines oh. one time because she wanted a fire but we didn't i didn't hook the gas line up Ricky, oh so, so there was, there was never <coughs> been so used the fireplace either. is still not well even the gas logs have been used well it looks nice it's now a study place for the girls when they come home from college where they study when you're here on the weekends. Yeah, so this, this is, is my old dining room table at my house it that is. i left up here when i moved to atlanta huh. it is well, it's nice. You got the Christmas village up here. You got the cases with Mom's Barbie collection, uh, and then the girls got their their study table here. So it, it works out nice. Yeah, it's nice. All right. So we watched Phoenix today. Excuse me. It's <coughs> ISM Raceway. Right. Katie kicked your ass by the day. Well, by, oh, she kicked mine. Y'all both kicked mine day playing horse. Well, I finally got her at the end yeah. playing horse. Yeah. Y'all both got me. Yeah. Well, you you know you did pretty good actually. Yeah. You you sunk a couple shots. I did. I did. Did you make the hook shot? The Wahoos got me. The Wahoos got me pumped, Ricky. Oh yeah, yesterday. Our Hoos have got me pumped, baby. I know, I know. Well, see, we're we're finally back to to March again. So they got the ACC tournament this week. You, you hope they win that, whatever. But then we got the the big dance. We've been, as Virginia fans, we've been waiting a year to get back <laughs> to the big dance, to say the least. To say the least. Everybody knows what that's all about. That's right. Yeah. All right. ISM Raceway. Race, what'd you think? ISM, what's ISM? Is that Phoenix? That is now Phoenix, yes. That's ISM. Yeah, it's a decent race. It's a good race. I mean, Kyle Bush kicked her butts. Yeah. Chase Allett got messed up on the start, and uh, I thought Blaney might have had a shot at it. But, you know, when that 18 car is dialed in, you know, they're, they're just hard to beat anymore, you know. But they're talking about now all those wins and all that stuff. But, I mean, if we look back a little bit, I remember, I remember many – Many races being bored to death watching that Deadgum 48 Lowe's car just wax everybody's butt for years he did that. So, you know. Well, I go back to, I remember in the quote-unquote golden years, the glory years of the 90s, sitting there and watching, being bored to tears, watching that 24 car run around and beat everybody. <laughs> like, it was 97, 98 when he was just yeah. whipping everybody's butt. I mean, it's it, that happens. It's That's always it's always somebody. It's whatever area you're in. It's 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 no different. It's the yeah. same. Just change the names around. Yeah. You know, circumstance is pretty much the same, really. 
Well, let me ask you, you touched on it there for a second. So that was Kyle Busch's 199th win, if I'm not mistaken, across the three main series, Cup, Xfinity, and Truck Series. And everybody keeps wanting to kind of make a big deal out of this because Richard Petty had 200 Cup wins or had 200 wins at the top level. And I don't – I think it's fine if you want to, you know, you want to point it out or talk about it. I just don't really think that there's any point in trying to compare them because I don't think that – those are just two completely different times and eras and situations, so I don't really think it's something that can be compared to me. I don't, what do you make of that whole thing, then bring well, that up? you know what? If you go back a little bit, I think I may have seen when there's, some, there's, a, there's somebody on an account, on a social media account that we follow a little bit, and I remember a good while back, this, particular, this, this dude put it out about Kyle Busch closing in on Richard Petty's record, right? He was doing it kind of as a parody. A little bit of a joke. And that's the first time I'd ever heard it, seen it, read it, even thought about it, to be honest with you. Well, I think what happened is some people, some, a couple people picked up on that, and it, it's just kind of exploded since then. I think that's kind of – I don't know that's where it started, but I think it, it's close to being started there or something like that. But anyhow, uh, yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. I mean, you know, they, they talk about Petty's 200 wins, and they talk about Kyle Busch's 200 wins, and it's, it's like apples to oranges. It's, it's a whole different deal. You know, uh, if if you go down that road, then, you know, Dick Trickle's a king or, yeah. you know, other guys, uh, Steve Kinzer, you know, I mean, Richie Evans, I mean, who, whatever, you know, where, where do you, where do you draw the line at that? Of course, they weren't all NASCAR, well, Richie Evans was, most of them NASCAR victories. So if you got NASCAR victories, yeah, if you got cup victories, that's one thing, Xfinity victories, you know, I've got nine Xfinity victories, right? And you can say they're nine NASCAR victories, which they are, but they're not cup victories. So, you know, that's just – that's uh, you know, that's my take on it. Whatever they want to make of it, that's fine. If they want to get some mileage out of it, you know, that's fine. It, it won't change my mind the way I feel about it. So, you know, whatever they need to do. Yeah. I just don't think it's – I think it's – I think it's foolish to treat it like – I think it's a fine if it's a talking point or whatever. I just think it's kind of silly to – act like it's a record that's like when he gets to 201 that it's like breaking some record or something i don't think that no i think yeah case. yeah I, I agree with that it should be a milestone yeah a milestone in your career which going to be hard for anybody else to repeat that in my opinion yeah you know i mean what, you know if you look at kyle's age and if he's going and his age is is such that you know godly that thing will probably be doubled for he's for he's done you know the 200 cup wins i don't know who's still got 52 or so now i think so you know it'd be hard to do that 200 you know the the other thing too is, is people I've heard people it's led into a lot of discussions if you read all this crap Rick and people talking about Petty they used to run fifty or sixty races or you know equipment and competition and all but what you got to understand it doesn't matter what, what you're racing if you're racing it's in the area you're racing in you're racing against the best I mean for some of them people say you know maybe the competition wasn't as good so so what are you telling me then Fireball Roberts wasn't any good Curtis Turner wasn't good. Ned Jarrett wasn't any good. Caught no ones. Oh, don't give me that shit, man. Yeah. David Pearson wasn't good. Fred Bobby Allison. Yeah. Darrell Walter wasn't good. I mean, Petty, even with Earnhardt, you know, Dale Sr., I mean, you know, he kicked his butt too. Uh, Petty did. So, you know, I don't, I don't pay, really don't pay any attention to that because that's just kind of below being stupid, you know, when people bring those arguments. But, you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, Kyle – it's quite a feat he's achieved, man. I mean, you got to do, you got to give the devil his due with Kyle Busch. I mean, the, the boy can flat drive a race car. There's no doubt about that. And that's the way I look at it. You know, I don't, I don't look at it like, you know, he's trying to. And I, I doubt I've heard him say a little bit, and I kind of doubt he would 
want to even be compared to his victories being compared to Richard's 200 cup victories because it's not the same. It's a different deal, completely different in my view. Yeah, and he's only what 30. Oh, what he is, whatever like he is, he's young. Yeah, and he he's seems young. like somebody that's gonna run and run and run and run. He doesn't seem like somebody to me that's gonna like get to forty and call it quits. He, I mean, you never it's know. Hard to he, say. Yeah, he's got a desire to win that a lot of people don't have. Yeah, yeah, I know. What's well, I, I think about like it's everything kind of has to be judged in context. Like I remember when Jack Ingram got voted into the Hall of Fame. I, and again, Twitter, you take Twitter with a grain of salt because somebody's always gonna have something to complain about and whine about on there. But I remember seeing a couple people who were probably just didn't know quite their some of their NASCAR history were complaining about well why does why does he get in the Hall of Fame for just being an Xfinity guy and they're viewing it through that lens and I'm like no 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 this is this is a completely you're not you're not judging the time period and, and the other things that he did and the, the different series that he won and that he was the Ironman it's like or Ron Hornaday getting in as a truck series driver but he was kind of the first. He was kind of the first, you know, stalwart of the truck series. I mean, you kind of have to look at these things in context. Like, I don't know. Exactly. I mean, again, I bring up Richie Evans' name. That's a yeah. good case in point. Like, you know, like Matt. Modifieds. Yeah, like Matt Crafton's won a couple truck series titles, I think. Right. But is he going to be a Hall of Famer? No. I, no. Ron Hornaday mainly made his bones in the truck series, but he was a Hall of Famer for a diff different era, different time, even though it was only 20-some years ago at this point. That's right. Still a different time and different era. That's right. So – I think it's a cool. I do want to. I don't want to take away be be negative about because I think it's cool that it's it, it is. It's like you said, it's a milestone. It's something to look talk about, and um, it's whether you love him or hate him, it's 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 pretty incredible what he's out there doing. It's a quick side note: we were talking about this, or me, you, and Katie were talking about this. Anytime there's been a, I swear to my knowledge, anytime there's been a Skittles paint scheme in NASCAR, it's always been a good looking car, which also comes back to. Your uh, longtime crew member, Gas Man, and our longtime friend, David Fitzgerald, Flop. Which Some flop? people have been following your career for, for a while, might remember Flop. Yeah. Um, he's, uh, he, his main, his business is he makes decals for signs, race cars, very creative person, very talented person, decaled a lot of your Bush cars back in the day, um, worked on the pit crew, did a lot of things, but very creative person. Yeah, all those Bush cars that people rave about, especially that blue and white Raven Boats 22 that – Man, I, I still I, – I'm biased, Ricky, but I swear it's in the top three best race car schemes I've ever seen. It's my favorite. Yeah, and that, that was that was Flop's deal. Mm -hmm. All my push cars are his. Yeah, he, did, he did just letter that one. He designed yeah, that he one, designed, Yeah, he designed all of them anyhow and lettered them. Yeah. Like most all of them. So his theory was – he and I were – this is years ago. He and I were talking about this. His theory, and he, I think he's right, when in doubt on what to paint your race car – just paint if you don't know what else to do just paint it red and put white numbers on it that's and right look good and i started thinking about it and i'm like i don't think i've ever seen a bad looking race car just red just red paint with white numbers on it, it always looks good that's basically what this the skittles car was pretty much him yeah. yeah yeah just just had the little bit of the rainbow yeah. here under the yeah. logo but that's it's pretty right. much just a red car, red with, white car with white numbers on. and it was sharp and we were sitting there <clears> talking about how sharp it is you know i need to get this stuff ain't that complicated no it's not we need to get flop on here sometime we do he Talk would have some it. stories to tell yes he would yeah uh, all right. Well, so so Kyle Busch wins, sweeps sweeps the weekend. Um, we would be remiss if you know. I'm going to give you your quote of the week right now. Okay. All right. Here it is. Okay. You should know who this is. Okay. I'm the kind of driver that I'm going to give a lot of respect to you always if you give me respect <laughs> back. If you don't give me respect, I'm going to kick go kick your ass. So thank <laughs> you. This was spoken two days ago, I believe, by Daniel Suarez. What did you uh, make of that whole deal? I don't know, man. <laughs> it was so funny. I guess it was funny just watching it. I'm laughing watching it, you know. And uh, 
I'm like, golly, you know what it does though, really what it does, it tells you how friggin' tense qualifying is and what this what 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 the deal you know, where was it they did the first two last week when they were doing that qualifying and i was watching that and i'm like man it's kind of like they're all out here at one time and trying to get a run and trying to get it to the end and try not to be the leader to make the draft to slow down. i'm like goodness gracious this is racing itself and uh you know qualifying's intense anyhow it, you know it's not as intense as it used to be because you got everybody's guaranteed pretty much you're in the field but when you when you used to have to fight qualifying just to, to be in the race you either make the race or go home i mean it was even more gut-wrenching you know than what what this deal is but it you know and i guess i didn't see what caused that i heard about it you know he pulled in front of him blocked him or whatever he did and Suarez got mad and uh <laughs> I, I don't know what to say about that Ricky. well i thought it was uh well first of all i, I thought it was interesting again me kind of monitoring it on social media i thought that Suarez definitely gained himself a lot of fans out of that deal. Just that seemed to be the way the tide was turning on social media was there were a lot of people that suddenly got kind of interested in him and became fans of his. I saw people flat out saying that, so I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. I yeah. thought it was interesting that I think McDowell has about five inches on him as far as height goes. Uh, and McDowell took the first swing, but then Suarez took him down. And then McDowell's crew chief came in and took Suarez on the hood and had him in a chokehold while McDowell was trying to grab Suarez's foot. Yeah, and then I think it? Suarez had the then had the crew chief by the throat. Yeah, it was quite. It was a good fight. It was I'm not a, really sure. It was pretty good. Not, you know, part of it I didn't figure out. Number one, surprised him. He took him down so easy, so quick. He took he did the old leg hook move and took him down. Then the other part I didn't quite understand is why he's trying to pull his shoe off. I didn't quite get that. Yeah, that's where things got weird. It's yeah. better than – who was the two truck series drivers yeah, that went out there and got yeah. in that sissy fight, that, that wussy fight out there in the in term one or whatever? I don't – I remember, but I'm not going to say the names. Okay, I don't, I don't remember. remember who it was either. It's yeah, like, I shouldn't call them sissy. Well, they you know, a lot of times they figure if they're going to get in a fight, everybody's going to break them apart, break them up. And yeah. that, that particular night, those two guys – those guys just didn't, you know, the safety workers said, well, if y'all want to fight, fight. Yeah. Well, the guys, I think it kind of messed them, it messed those guys up because I think they were expecting to just grab a hold to each other, then everybody would separate them. It didn't happen, so they didn't really know what to do. They just roll around on the racetrack. What was the best fight you ever saw at a racetrack? Do you remember? <sighs> Wait, were you ever really in any? No, nah, I've never been in any fights in my life, Ricky. I didn't think so. Yeah, I've never been in any. Let's see, I don't know, man. The ones I know about, you can't really talk about because – the reporters didn't report on it, or they didn't know about it. The people in the garage area didn't report on it. They just kind of kept quiet about it. Uh, you know, I saw I saw one of the mildest, meekest race car drivers, hero, multiple winner. We all know his name, and I'll never, I'll never say his name publicly, but he got taken out by a guy once, and the guy, that guy was a champion too. And in between the haulers, the guy that got taken out came from down in China with the right uppercut. When I seen it, because I saw I saw this because they were right beside my truck, and uh, when he hit the guy up under his chin, the guy looked to me like he went up there like ten feet, right? And he came down, and he was in between the two haulers. And when he came down backwards, he had I never forget he had his hands out on each haul, hauler like a cat scratching, <laughs> and just laid out, man, laid on the ground. And the driver turned around, and walked by me, and said, "All right, Rick, see you next week, bud." I said, "Okay." And I, I started hollering. I said, "Guy, y'all better get somebody back here. What's his name? Just killed. What's his name? I think <laughs> knock him cold, man." But used to see some of that stuff. You know, it wasn't. It wasn't. I don't know how how to say it, Rick. The fights were the guys that the, 
when it happened it was it was it was very very serious mm. let's put it that way there wasn't it wasn't many chokeholds and throwing temper tantrums and and throwing heat shields it wasn't that kind of deal it was like Okay, if you're going to fight, this is what it really, really means to be in a fight with somebody. <laughs> well, back to the qualifying thing real quick. Do you yes. Would you have enjoyed, you think, this current qualifying no. format? No. You liked it the way? But no. Okay. I used to love qualifying. I used to love knowing I'm, knowing I'm the only one on the racetrack and I'm doing all I can do to get to lay down the fastest lap I can lay. And the last thing I want to be worried about is somebody on my radio or somebody else on the racetrack. Because the track was mine, totally, solely mine, and all I had to worry about was getting through that turn, getting in the turn, in the gas, off the turn, using all the racetrack up, and doing it for two laps and laying down the best lap I could. Never, never once considered ever having another car on it. Even when they used to do, you know, you would take you would take the green, then take the white, and when you'd go by start-finish line after taking the white, they would send a car out then behind you. As you went by turn one, on your white flag lap, NASCAR would then send the next car out behind you. So you'd come to take the checkered, and that car would be, you know, half a lap behind you coming, and then he would take the green, right? Even those deals I didn't particularly care for, just because, you know, you're doing all you can do, and, you know, sometimes when you're qualifying, you go over the edge and you wreck, or you lose it, or you'd be sitting there dead in the track sideways, and here comes the idiot getting ready to take his lap, thinking the same thing you're thinking all about himself. Not worried about somebody being on the racetrack. Of course, the radios helped all that stuff. We had radios for qualifying and all that. But no, I, I would not like what's going. I would not like as a driver to be doing it this way. Do you think, from a fan and television perspective, the current way is better? Entertainment yeah, yeah. perspective. If, if people watch it, it will be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot more exciting than sitting there watching one car at a time go around. Yeah. Of course it is. Because the only drama, and you, you kind of touched on it earlier, the only dr- real drama with, with the single car back in the day was when people would go home and there was right. a chance for people to not make right. the show, which did right. happen. That's right. Um, Same with Indy Bump Day, Paul Bump That day. was always what made Indy Bump Day. Yeah. That I was always, back in the day, I would tune in for Bump Day before I didn't really care about Indy Pole Day that much. I mean, you have it on. But Bump Day was the real drama. And I, what was it um, – the last year before the split in IndyCar would have been um, 95 was the year that Penske, all Penske's cars missed the IndyCar. Yeah, 100. that was a big deal. And that was, I remember watching that, and that was like shocking. I mean, yeah. Shocking. Penske, not only, I mean, all of them missing the show, which was just, you couldn't believe it. And now that was that was drama and that was dramatic, but you're picking out, we're picking out these unique, these specific situations where single car qualifying was, was dramatic. And even in that, it was dramatic. With the amount of money and guaranteed, you know, sponsorship dollars and stuff, you just—I don't think today you can. Did we talk about that? On, did we talk about on Masscast one time about, have, a, about about AJ and 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 Bill Simpson? I don't you know. know. I will say it anyhow. I think yeah. we did, but we'll try it again. Bill is one of those bump deals, and Bill Simpson, you know, the Simpson Safety Products, pioneering helmets and all that deal. Good guy, by the way. Anyhow, he, he used to race. He used to drive it at Indy for Bump Day, and somehow or another. Somehow or another, right there at the end, one of AJ's cars went out and it bumped Simpson out of the field. So Simpson goes down and gets up in AJ's face. And the next thing you know, Bill was turned upside down, stuffed down in a trash 55-gallon trash can with his feet hanging out. And I'd heard that story many times. One, one day I was talking to Bill about it. I said, Simpson, is that true? He said, yeah, it's true. I said, he did? He said, yeah, he grabbed me by my back of my pants and my shirt collar and raised me up and turned me upside down and stuffed me down in the trash can. 
I said, I said, what'd you do then, Simpson? He said, what the hell would you do? I stayed there. I, if he could do that, I'm not getting out of this thing, get my butt whipped. That's enough. But anyhow, that was that's just some of the, the offsprings of, of of the of the bump day at Indy, and it's just, it was the same way in Cup qualifying, like the qualifying races and all that at Daytona. It was just it was just a if you were on the border, if you were you know, and luckily most for the most of my career down there, with the exception of a couple of times, most of the times we were pretty good shape, but. So many guys, man, it was just gut-wrenching, you know, at being at Daytona because that was the biggest race. You were trying to impress everybody, and you got maybe you got a new sponsor or you got a company down there you, you're, you're, you're dating, trying to get them signed up, and they got people there, and you, 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 you take a chance on missing a race, and you're like, man. So it was, it was very gut-wrenching for everybody. And then, and then, honestly, when the sport was booming so heavy in the 90s, you know, we had so many teams, so many cars show up, and so many sponsors and so much money running around. You know, good cars got sent home. Good sponsors got sent home from races. You know, and it, it sent it's. I'll be honest with you, some of that stuff it it did send sponsors away from our sport. We lost we lost some company sponsorships because of teams not qualifying for races and getting sent home. But it was just a product of the time. It just I mean, what else are you gonna do about it other than just guaranteeing you could. You know, we started forty three cars. We had at one time. You know, we'd have fifty some cars qualifying. I mean, this is in the nineties. And out of those 50-some, at least 50 had good, you know, maybe Fortune 500 companies on their cars. Or, or they were dating them or trying to get them. And, you know, you good cars would go home. And it made for – and that's when the, that's when we in, in the garage area started going to NASCAR about trying to guarantee so many spots for, for some of these from these teams. But you know, they finally got around to doing that later on. But anyhow, the qualifying deal is just – you know, it's not, it's not now what it is, but – from a driver's standpoint, no, I would hate what they're doing now. But you know, TV fans, it, it, it's got to be a better deal. I hadn't thought about that in a while. That was especially in some of the later years in your career when you weren't always guaranteed a spot. That was just whether I was home or I was at the track. It was gut wrenching to watch because it's just like it's it's. I mean, you're always there, and it's always your career. It's all your career is always kind of on the line, I guess you say. But when that is a that is it's literally gut wrenching. We say gut wrenching, even for me, just watching. You'd feel sick in your stomach when it was close and you didn't know, or you know, Daytona, the the qualifying races. Those are kind of tense enough watching as it is, but when your your starting spot in the Daytona 500 is riding on it, that that is uh, it is gut wrenching to watch. Listen, man, I remember the first time Richard Petty missed a race. You know, and he hadn't come down. He was still he was still kind of on top of things towards the end, of the back the back half of his career, but not running bad enough to where he wouldn't be in a race. He missed a race, dude. Then I witnessed Darrell Waltrip miss a race at Charlotte, right? And so if those two guys can miss races, well, guess what? Dale Earnhardt can miss a race. <laughs> yeah. You know, Rick Mask can miss a race. Somewhere so, when, when did they start with provisionals back in the that day? That was all. That that started, They they, you know, some people I remember claiming it to be in the petty rule, and then somebody said, no, it's a Waltrip rule. But it's somewhere, some, you know, I don't remember when that started, Rick. The I, champion, I the championship, the yeah, champion's provisional yeah, was thrown that, in there yeah, somewhere, which yeah. – which I, by the honestly, I never minded that one. I no. thought there's a lot of fans that even towards the end of the careers, there were fans that were showing up just to see Darrell Waltrip or Richard Petty. There were well, longtime fans of theirs, and they, I never had a problem. With that. Well, they 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 kind of threw that out there to protect, you know, kind of protect what was going on because you had Gordon, you had Earnhardt, your champions, and they're kind of protect trying to protect that. But what happened, it, it, it towards the end, you know, it started getting taken advantage of. If you're a past champion, you're guaranteed a spot, mm -hmm. and so a little for a little while there, it kind of it was taken advantage of. Yeah, you know, but you know the rules are what they are, so you live by them. Yeah, I was thinking. See, when I yeah, and you're right, I didn't thought of that. I was thinking more about in your time when, you know, in Richard Petty's last year, 
when he was on his fan appreciation tour and you know everybody knew it was going to be his last year right we showed up every week knowing that you know he was he was you you yeah. as a fan if that was going to be your last time to see Richard Petty you had a ticket to that race you were going to get to see, get him. see him that's exactly you know, right yeah. which was yeah. oh, I think about it more in those terms that it was yeah it was it, put it, in for it, a good it reason was put in for a good reason but yeah. I, I wasn't thinking about that towards the end how yeah. it was taken advantage of you're right about and that. because of that they they did away with that too yeah but yeah you're exactly right as they should have. Yeah. We didn't we didn't get around to do a mass cast here last week or two. So what did you think just kind of in general about the the new the new rules package at Atlanta and Vegas? And I know those are two different Yeah, deals, I, you know, I didn't really much see much difference in Atlanta now. Vegas I did, no reason to say that. You know, they they run that last they ran the last 100 laps or whatever it was under green without a caution and the guys were battling for the victory right at the very end of the race. You know, I don't know if we've seen that in a long time. So, mm-hmm. so I think it, it did help that. Uh, is it did it do what? I don't think it did what they wanted it to do. I don't think, you know, I, I think what they're really trying to achieve is just pack racing everywhere we go. And I, damn, I just don't know if you can do it. I mean, they, they're trying everything imaginable to try to make that happen, but I just don't know if you can even do that. They they look back at you know they look back at the ARCA races. I mean, sorry, not Arca, the IROC races, some mm-hmm. of those cars, some of those races, and they look at they look at what happened with some of the IndyCar races two or three years ago. You had some of these oval tracks where they were kind of bunched up, but and I think that's probably what they're trying to achieve. But you know, f- for the most part, we haven't been able to do that yet. You know, the one thing it has done, I know it, ha- and I don't know this. I haven't talked to anybody, but I know darn well it has to be harder on the driver. They got less horsepower and a lot more downforce. Which means that, and, and if you look at if you look at the amount of horsepower that they've taken out, and the speed they've lost, it, it lost. It doesn't correlate. In other words, you you lose. Where do they go from eight hundred and fifty down to five or three hundred? Basically, three hundred horsepower. He took out these motors from eight fifty to five fifty. But the speeds didn't drop off three hundred horsepower, which means they're going a lot faster where through the center of the corner because of the downforce and if they're going faster through the center of the corner because of the downforce it, it's putting more g-forces on these guys it's making it harder on those guys so you know probably make them more frustrated because it's going to make them more tired a little bit quicker and uh well in fact i did hear one guy talk about that I, i'll take that back i heard one of the drivers complaining about it making it a lot harder on them you know i did i do i did i did hear that now now that i think about it but you know it doesn't matter it's still whatever 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 the fans want to see you know, and and I'll be honest with you. At this point, I'm not real sure. <laughs> I'm not real sure what they want to see because, you know, the best thing to do, I think, is just stay off of, stay off of social media know, after, can, after these races. You get warped. You can get. You get. Well, I talked about it after Daytona. After I, I was mentioning how after watching the Xfinity race, um, which there wasn't, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of passing. There was a lot of single file. Mm-hmm. wasn't any, It wasn't a crash fest. It was pretty much the opposite of that. But I came away from it, and not not checking social media during the race, just sitting there watching it. Um, and uh, oh gosh, who's the guy that won? Michael Annette. Mm-hmm. He won the race, right? And uh, and the, you know the, the story there then became this guy who'd been around for eight, ten years, whatever long he'd been there, finally breaking through, getting his first win, and got it at Daytona. And so I came away from that going, well, "That's pretty cool." I was, I would, to me, that was entertaining. That was a nice finish. It was a nice little storybook finish for this particular race that a guy broke through, did it on the biggest stage at Daytona in that series. And I thought, oh, this is pretty cool. So then I hop on my phone and I hop on Twitter 
and all I see is just people just complaining and griping and upset about the boring, how boring it was. And this is how the, this is how the 500 is going to be. It's going to be awful and boring, terrible. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm sitting there going, did these people just not watch the same thing I did? I, well, not even that. It's just I don't know what they want. Uh, you know, you're not 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 every race is going to be packed and and three wide, and it's just you get. Not everything has to be that way. No, I don't know. I'm, I'm in sports. I just like the stories of, of everything. It never was. It never, it never was. was. Yeah. If you look back through the boom years, it wasn't that way. The racing wasn't wasn't this pack race. I I remember in the boom years. I remember at Talladega racing, and I remember looking up. All of a sudden, we were three wide. I was in the middle of a, of a car on each side of me, and we were three wide. And as far as I could see out my windshield, there was like at front of me. And I looked in the mirror. And far as I could see in my mirror, they were the same way. And we ran like that. It seemed like the biggest part of the day. And, you know, the race was over. And I remember, never forget, next week, uh, uh, DJ comes up to me, Dale Jarrett, and we're talking. He says, Rick, he said, we went that three wide stuff last week. I says, yeah. He said, you ever you ever see anything like that? I said, Dale, I was sitting there in bewilderment myself. I've never been a part of it or witnessed it or seen it. He says, the damnest thing i ever seen. And he kept thinking we're going to get scattered out. He said, hell, we never did get scattered. I said, no, we were like that all day. So sometime early 90s is when that first happened because me and Jarrett were talking about it, right? And before that, we had never done that. But then after that, you know, it just become a norm at Daytona and Talladega. Or more at Talladega, Daytona gets strung out because of handling issues. But, you know, the, the pack deal. So, you know, we in all the ra other racetracks we run, and no matter where you went, there wasn't any pack racing. You know, you, you did your, your normal stuff. And all through the boom years, it was that way. So, you know, what we're experiencing right now, I don't see the racing part any different. I mean, everybody's driving as hard as they can and doing the things. So, you know, I, I, I just I, I just don't know that that's the answer. But, you know, if if, if they get in pack racing every single week, <laughs> yeah, yeah, then that's going to be a sight to behold. But then what kind of longevity does that have, right? You know, I, what, I don't know. What, what, what longevity does that have? I don't know. I do know you run 100 laps at – Let's see, where were that last week, Vegas? Vegas. You huh? run 100 laps at Vegas in the history of time since Vegas started. You run 100 laps at the end of the race without a without a caution, green flag laps, and you got guys all bunched up trying to battle for the lead or the win at the end of the race. That was pretty unheard of, and that's because of the rules package. So, and the second-place so car ended up on the bumper of the yeah. winner coming across the finish line yeah. with a chance to win it. Yeah. With a chance to win it, and that's, that's pretty unheard of. Yeah, yeah, you do it. On a green flight, green white checkered, you know all that stuff. Yeah, or caution tend to go. Yeah, we've seen plenty of that, or, or a good bit of that. But not a hundred lap, not a hundred lap run, without cautions and the guys doing that. That was directly related to the rules package. So from that standpoint, the thing got a, a score of an A plus. Yeah, without, without a doubt. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I guess we'll get to see, uh, we'll kind of get to see that package back in action. What next week at? Um, at uh, I want to call it Fontana. It's got Fontana. an auto club. Yeah, that'll be cool, man. You, you know, I'll be honest with you. I'll make a prediction. It's probably going to work good there. Think just, so? Just knowing the type of track it is and how the downforce of the rules are right now, I got an idea. It's it's probably going to be – It's. Well, I'll just go and make me a prediction, Rick, and I'll make about one every six months. I'll make a prediction okay. it's going to be the best race California's ever had. Wow. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm going to make that prediction just because of what – and, you know, California, was what, when I saw this rules package and what they're implementing, California is the first track that popped up in my mind. I'm like, that's a track that could really benefit from this. If, 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 
like the big ifs and everything, but if it works out the way they plan and what it does to the cars, that's a track it could benefit. And I'm I'm holding that out. Now, I might be proved completely wrong next week, but I, I, I truly think it might work out there. Cool. All right. Well, I'm, I'm excited to see that. I in our in our, our you know we mentioned this before Daytona, before or after Daytona I forget which one we were uh, we're going to start you know try to point out some of the more positives and being a little more positive yeah. in the face of all the negativity on yeah. social media. So I have two uh, at least two off the top of my head positives to take away from today. One, the grandstands. I don't know if it was a sellout or not. I didn't get a great look at it, but they sure look pretty full. To yeah, me. They, they look pretty good. And to me, with that track, with the new renovations and everything that have gone on there, I thought that was uh, aesthetically that was pretty cool to see that you had grandstands that appeared to be full, with everything all nice and new and shiny and and looking new and renovated. And I know that they, for, I believe, first ran that format last fall, but everything looks like it's done now. So good to see a good crowd there. And two, uh, we've had four Cup races so far, and we've had four different winners. Yeah. So we I have. Th- so, and, and granted, they're, they're all you know from bigger teams and all that, but four races in, four different winners, good crowds. That that seems like a pretty good saw. Four races were a month in. That seems like a pretty good start to a season to me. Yeah, and the Chevrolets showed a little bit of spark at, at ISM, Rick. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They they they, you know, they still got they still they're still not there. They they're not there. That. You know, to me, that's probably one of the biggest things for the last year or so in my mind with NASCAR is, is, you know, we keep talking about Jimmy Johnson. And I, if you listen to MassCast last year, you heard me say adamantly, it's not a Jimmy Johnson problem, it's a Hendrick problem, right? They just don't have it worked out. And now, as this thing goes on a little bit, you're thinking more maybe so much Hendrick, maybe a body design Chevrolet, Chevrolet deal more than, more than Hendrick. I don't know what it is. But it's just, you know, they don't have it quite worked out yet. And, uh, you know, the Fords going to the Mustang, man, they ain't lost a beat. Right. They have not lost a beat, I guess. Yeah, I today you had, you had top five. You had two Toyotas or Toyotas, as I heard Richard Petty first call them. Toyotas. Toyotas. Yeah. Then two Fords and a Toyota in fifth. And then your first three Chevys were sixth or eighth. Right. Mar- and that's Larson, about, Kurt Busch, and Jimmy Johnson. And that's about the way they were. That's about the way they've been, too. You know what I mean? It seems mm-hmm. like they're running a little better than they did last year, but they're not. They're not. You know, they're not there with those guys. They're just not. You know, well, that's part of it. That's always been part of the the sport and the ebbs and right. flows of it, though. It is. That's why. It is. I don't mind that if one manufacturer is having to play catch up. That's part of it. I understand, isn't it? I mean, you. Or is oh yeah. It not? Oh yeah. It is. And you talk about intense rivalry, man. I mean, I was. I've been with all these men. Well, I wasn't with Dodge. And, uh, well, you know, maybe I was when I first had a little kit car when I was a teenager. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. with Chrysler. Yeah, right? so, yeah. Well, you were Mopar. Yeah, <clears throat> and, uh, yeah that was because the engineer I worked with, Larry Rathgab, he was actually a design engineer, and that was his program, those kit cars. And he was he was a very competitive man, right? And so, but anyhow, in the Bush Series, you know, I got with uh, Buick, and they started supporting us. Mm-hmm. And there goes Katie. We ought to get Katie on her broadcast to talk yeah. about my shoulder. Katie, Katie, you, come back here. We'll talk about my shoulder a little bit. Okay. okay. Yeah. You go and do what you're doing first, but then you yeah, come back down. Come yeah, back. yeah, 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 yeah. But anyhow, yeah, I was with Buick in the Bush Series, and and they were very competitive, right? And then when I when I got the Cup, you know, the first couple of years with Oldsmobile, and they went out, and then we were uh, we were with Ford, and of course I was with Chevrolet with Travis, and then with uh, somebody else I forget who. And then mm, who was, even, who was DK Ulrich? Wasn't he Pontiac? He was Pontiac. Okay. But even, you know, when we were forward, we, when we went to Pontiac in 96 with the Hooters, 
as their sponsor with the Richard Jackson team, you know, that Pontiac was running race division the way Oldsmobile used to be. And Pontiac was just as competitive against Chevrolet as Ford was against Chevrolet, right? And even the Oldsmobile, and I was young and didn't really understand it as well when I first came into Cup, you know, being with Oldsmobile. Looking back at it, I realized later that Oldsmobile was just as competitive as the rest of them with Chevrolet as they were with Ford. Even though Oldsmobile, Pontiac, Chevrolet were all under the GM camp, they were still competitive. They had their own different groups, own different sets of engineers, their own, their own racing programs. So they were, you know, and, and, and even back to that, you go back into the Bush series when Buick came in and they did the V6 engine so strong, there was big, big, big-time competition between G Buick and Chevrolet about developing a, a V6 engine because you would think General Motors, you know, you have a V6 engine, you would be one, 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 one kind of engine, but we didn't. We, the Buick had its own V6. The Chevrolet had it, its own V6 engine. <clears throat> so the competitive part between the manufacturers, man, and then when it basically just boiled down to Ford and Chevrolet for a while, then that was a big, big-time, big-time rivalry amongst the powers to be in Detroit. Yeah. And then you well, put, that's just an, that's an American rivalry. That goes far beyond NASCAR. Well, it least, does. Classically, it does. Ford and Chevy. Yeah. Then they threw Dodge in the mix, Chrysler in the mix, you know. Then it, and then of course, to, of course, Toyota came in. Now you've got a whole different scenario. But but it's it's a it's a very intense deal. Those people, those take those people, the manufacturers believe what I'm telling you, fans. They take a lot of pride in seeing their logo in Victor Lane on Sunday. I mean, they they spend a lot of money. They do a lot of research. They spend engineering, wind tunnel. It's it's. It's unfathomable. It's hard to calculate what they put into these things. What's the uh, the saying about running good on Sunday? Oh, you went on Sunday, sell on Monday. That's what it yeah, is. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, that, yeah, and that's yeah. that's been around. It's been around for a long time. Well, I, one of the offsprings though was always the safety. You know, the stuff that race teams and NASCAR would develop. I mean, this goes back to the '60s. You know, a lot of the safety stuff is then implemented into your passenger cars we see today. A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff you see in your passenger cars was implemented in NASCAR and put over into the passenger cars. Just real quick side note, you were talking about V6s, and not too long ago I just I fell into a YouTube rabbit hole and I was watching some old uh, Bush Grand National clips from the 80s, um, and I was just I, – I got to sit there watching them, and I was like, man, I missed the sound of those V6 – the V6 Bush cars. Were <laughs> Bubble they, bees. Yeah, they sounded cool. You know, they sounded different. They were – there was kind of – I don't know. If anybody – if anybody, like if you're a newer NASCAR fan, just go back and just search a 1980s Bush Grand National, whatever. There's a bunch of clips on there, and just listen to the way that they sounded, and that was kind of the way – that was what I grew up around, listening to you in the 80s in the Bush series. That's whatever they all sounded like, and it was – to me, it was kind of this it as a cool sound. I don't know. Those little motors would run, too. That's yeah. Those things would haul ass. I mean, they really did. To be little V6 engines, those things put out a tremendous amount of horsepower. Yeah. In fact, you know, the big number – and I – Traditionalists might beat me up on this one, but the the big milestone for motor builders, I can remember this, was trying to get two 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 horsepower per cubic inch. If you're an engine builder, and a, a magic milestone was to be able to, to get two horsepower per cubic inch. So if you had a 350 engine, that number would be what 700 horsepower. Okay. And you know when I came into Winston Cup or what is it now Monster Cup now. Mm -hmm. But when I came in, you know, motors weren't producing two, two horsepower per cubic inch. They were like 630, 630 for a 355 cubic inch engine, you might say. And I remember when when uh, supposedly somebody hit 700 horsepower, right? And 
But the V6s will produce it over two horsepower per cubic inch when they first come out. Those dudes. I see. Right. So it was it was pretty it was pretty neat deal actually. Yeah, it it was really neat. I, I you know, what first got I don't even know what first made me think of it. I think because again living in Atlanta, I think I saw some ad or or something for some event going on up the, up the road at uh, Road Atlanta, and it got me thinking about when you hit the deer in the bush car there and whenever that was eighty six, eighty seven. I, I don't know when. And I started wondering, I was like, I, I wonder if there's any footage or any, if there was any TV coverage or anything of that race. And I figured there wasn't. I found some some guy or somebody had themselves had their home video camera. Oh, I saw that. And uh, and so it's like about 15-minute clip. And it's just, it's it's kind of, you know, Daryl going by, Earnhardt going by, you're in there once or twice, Dale Jarrett going by, you know, Jack Ingram. So it's just he, he moved to a couple different spots around the track, but it was really cool to just sit there and watch it and just kind of see a fan's perspective from the 80s and and uh, to see those old cars coming through there. I don't I can watch those kind of old cars. And you could tell day. who had the V6s in that. Yes, that, that was that was before the yes. V6s had taken over. Yes. They were they were legal, but they weren't they hadn't taken over yet. And you could hear one of those V6s come by when it would do it. That is a great point. That is the uh, yes, and that's kind of, kind of what I was going with too is you can hear the difference in the different who was running what, you can tell as they go by. And it's uh, yeah. You search Bush Grand National Road Atlanta because I don't think y'all ran there, but like once or twice. twice yeah, I believe it was twice. Like eighty six, eighty seven, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Somewhere so, so you'll find it. It's it's on there, and it's uh, it's pretty cool. All right. Well, let's see if we can go get Katie. I want her to die, go through what's your what's up with your shoulder here. All right. Hang on just a second. Let's see. Dad, it took us a year, but we finally have our first guests on MassCast. We do, Ricky. Yeah. So we were going to do this at Christmas time. We got biased, didn't it? Yeah, we were just oh. we were hanging out, and we just ended up not doing it. But here, we're never better late than never. Uh, these would be my sisters, your daughters. Is that how this works? Yep. Yeah. There's uh, to my right. No, let's go. Let's go, Sarah first, so she doesn't get upset. <laughs> so Sarah's <laughs> first. She's the. I'm the firstborn. Well, I mean, I'm the first. Well, born, I'm the firstborn of the guests. Of the guests, that's yeah. right. And then, and Katie, here's <laughs> Katie. All right. So where, right, where do we? Let's see. Where should we start with these two? What do you two? Because you two were born in 1996, so you were pretty young when Dad retired. What is the first thing that jumps out? Uh, do you remember going to the racetrack at all? I remember riding our tricycles around the race car, around the racetrack. <laughs> around the actual racetrack. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we did at night. What, like the real, the actual, like not just like the little play thing inside? No, like, like the, actual, the real track. Yeah, yeah, dad broke us in. Yeah. Was, really? Yeah. Where was this at? Race track after dark. <laughs> 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 I think, no, I'm pretty sure we did it in uh, Daytona. Like, I think that was one of our, because we go. Right to, like, the whole way around? No, because we get to the steep, like the, like. The banking? The banking, thank you. And I think mom would be like, let's come back. You're going to tip over. So, but yeah, hmm. I remember we definitely hmm. did that a lot. Hmm. Do you remember, what do you remember about them being at the racetrack, Dad? What oh, was your, no. I just remember Mom going nuts. Yeah. <laughs> trying to I remember keep, that also. Keep them corralled Same. in. Yeah, keep them corralled. What yeah. was the story, Rick, uh, Katie, oh. Jeff Gordon told you at Richmond <laughs> here a while back? Well, not just Jeff Gordon, by the way. It's everybody that sees us when we go to racetrack. Yeah, it was basically, it was basically along the lines of Sarah and I were apparently um, famous for getting in the front of the motorhome. Um, every race weekend and we for some reason refused to wear clothes at the time so one time we were talking to Jeff Gordon a few few years ago at Richmond or Martinsville and he he said something to me about you know the one thing I remember about the mass twins 
y'all never had any clothes on and you're always standing in the front of the motorhome with no clothes on. I'm sure glad Ella and Leo don't do that. And I was like, well, and that's how we always wanted to be remembered. Yeah. And well, you like, left. Well, look at it this way. That was dad retired in 2002 is 2019. So this is closing down 20 years ago. And you got y'all left a mark. You left a memory. You left your mark on the sport. People still yeah. remember you yeah. and talk right. about you to this day. Yeah. That's right. You're 22 now, right? Are y'all 22? Yeah, I think so. That's what I hear. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, Katie, you're studying athletic training, and so you finally you did it. Dad's been having some shoulder yeah. issues. Now, wait, which one? One shoulder was broke where? Well, Ricky, here's the deal. The 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 right shoulder got messed up at Watkins Glen. 93. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But the left one. I went to the doctor a few years ago. My left shoulder was hurting real bad. I finally went to the doctor, went to the orthopedic dude, and he x-rayed it. And he said, well, when you broke your shoulder, when the bone healed back, it didn't heal properly. I said, I didn't break that shoulder. I messed the other shoulder up. He said, no, this shoulder here, when it broke, I said, I didn't, the doc, that's not the shoulder I messed up. I messed up the other one. Oh. He said, well, you can say what you want to, Mr. Mass, but I'm just telling you, your left shoulder was broke sometime." Sometime, and that's when it dawned on me. I broke it. I, I guess I broke it at Bristol the night I blew a tire the first year in Cup hmm. because it knocked me out that night, and then my arm was black all week and it was sore <laughs> as hell. But <laughs> but you well, you know you didn't quit. You had to keep racing. But anyhow, yeah. the bone grew back wrong. And my what <laughs> bone is it's flat supposed to be turned, Katie? Your glenoid fossa. Yeah, that's the one. That's your, the, your glenoid fossa. What is that? Correct. Correct. That is the know. that is like basically the socket. Isn't that the evil lion and the Lion King? Fossa? Mufasa? Yeah, Mufasa, yeah. Oh, okay. Mufasa. Yeah. So your yeah. Mufasa was gone. So anyhow, my left, my Mufasa's gone, folks. <laughs> <laughs> so, so my left shoulder was hurting here back last fall, and we tried all winter to get Katie to do me an eval, and she wouldn't do it. So finally, she did it today. I think it maybe it was because she saw how hard you were not only laboring, but still managing to make some shots out there in horse <laughs> today. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was getting ready to say. Let's go back to the lead-up to this shoulder eval today. We, th- we mentioned it a little bit. We, oh. played, we played a few rounds of horse. I beat you. Once. Well, I, 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 there's, no I, one beat me. That's true. <laughs> How many times did you play? Well, it didn't matter, but no one beat me. <laughs> Everybody beat me. I know that. Sarah's way of saying she didn't play. She was no. a spectator. Katie. I heard I heard, heard a couple comments coming from the peanut gallery over there. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Sharon. Yeah. <laughs> I was one letter away from being undefeated today. Yeah, yeah. So close. No, you didn't quite make it now, So did what's you? the lead up to my shoulder? Well, that's when I kind of, you know, I actually finally started feeling a little bit bad for you. <laughs> I love that after this has been going on for how many months, Six months. Now? Six months. Like, every holiday I've come home for in the last half a year that's been trying to get his athletic training daughter <laughs> just to get studies shorter and finally today randomly today it happened well it's just you know I'm a little bit stubborn at times where do you think you get that from where do y'all think I get it from I don't know I'm asking you I think it, I get it from the person sitting to my right. No, you don't get it from me. You get it from your mama. Mm. <laughs> wonder no, if she still listens to MassCast. No, no. <laughs> I'm no. going to guess she doesn't. No. You probably get away with that. It's all yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. but I finally gave it I think you're all both stubborn. I think you mom are both stubborn. <clears throat> so I think I'm stubborn, too. We're all stubborn. <laughs> I don't think I am. Yeah, Sarah's. <laughs> <laughs> if one thing, <laughs> one thing I know about Sarah, it's that she's not stubborn. No. She used to be stubborn. She really has leased up, Ricky. She's probably the oh, easiest yeah. one now. You she think was, so? Yeah, but she was absolutely God's honest that. worst. <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah, she <laughs> when they were little. Yeah, she's eased up. Yeah. 
Sarah, what did you think about the race today at Phoenix? It was, it was, it was a tight one, but yeah. it was pretty good. <laughs> 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 what did you think about, uh, the how, you know, how the ending went? It was a tight one, but yeah. it was good. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's what she said. <laughs> I like the national anthem. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wait, who's saying? I don't. I, I missed the national I missed that Who's too. saying? We were Chevelle. outside playing horse. Chevelle Shepard, so the I, voice yeah, winner. Huh. Sarah, when y'all wait, need spikes, you just got to break into this conversation. Okay. Sarah's over here doing a shuffle, uh-huh. and it's coming through all the mics, the headphones. You got, when you're doing these professional interviews like this, Sarah, <laughs> you got you got to sit still. You got to be quiet. You can't be shuffling and playing with the cats, the chairs, and all the other crap. Wait, which cats are over there? Well, we run them all out of here. Oh. There's not socks is here. Socks? Oh, yeah, Socks is always hanging out. Yeah. Yeah, do we have? Have we ever had? Have we ever had any pets named after any NASCAR-related pets? No, start out Skull. Yeah, we had. Skull. Oh, we had. Yeah, that's right. We had a dog named Skull. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah, when you when you were sponsored by Skull. Before any of y'all came along, we had a litter of cats: Waylon, Willie, Johnny. We had a bunch of cats one time named after country singers. Mm. That's what Sarah's gonna name her kids. Yeah, Waylon, we, Willie, and Johnny. Yeah. Yeah, Merle. We didn't have a litter of cats named after country singers. We sure did. We sure did. Sorry, you jump in that chair again. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> Socks. Here comes a damn cat. Yeah, now. Socks heard us talking about him. He does know. He's the one cat that knows his name around here. That's your chair, yeah. dude. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Let's get back to the important stuff. My dad, your dad's hurting shoulder. Yeah. I thought we were done. No. Well. I did an eval, kind of. And what did we come up with? His Mufasa's. <laughs> Mufasa. Mufasa. <laughs> Mufasa ain't right. Yeah. No, I, I think you uh you have a labrum tear there, Dad. Yeah. What do you do about that? Sew it up? Yeah, but you know, it's usually like, usually a lot of times with old people, they, <laughs> <laughs> they, they won't necessarily repair it if you can manage, you know. Rub a little tussin and skull on it. <laughs> yeah. Just do that and it'll, it'll heal up. What about that, that marijuana salve they got now? Uh, is Cannabis the, oil. Is it the CBD oil? Yeah, I've heard people talk yeah. about that, and I've heard people, man, just raising cane about that stuff. Say, don't you dare. Don't you dare use any of that stuff. Oh, is it supposed to be bad? I don't know anything about it. I don't know anything about it. I just keep about hearing either. about it. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I don't Katie, you're about the only medical, medical professional. Medical marijuana? Yeah, but well, no, it's no, a No, that's not that. It's, no, it's, it's a salve. Like, they like, use yeah. it. CBD oil, I think. They use the cannabis. Is it cannabis oil? I have no idea. By the way, I just said oil. I purposely have to make sure I say oil around Dad because I don't. I can. The one time I said oil, I pronounced it like that, and I think it was maybe the most disappointed he's I've ever seen him in me. I pronounced trying to. I don't know. Yeah. I think the the most was the time that you said we were having dinner. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah and that's been. I think we've talked about that on here before. I want to say maybe we haven't. One time I called. I said, "What's for dinner?" And dad, and dad got his feathers all, all ruffled and his panties all in a bunch. Because <laughs> I said, call it dinner. It ain't dinner. It's supper. Coming supper. from a man who wears unicorn rainbow pajama pants. Well, he had worn them, yeah. He hasn't worn them. He, does, he wears rainbow tie-dye pants. He does wear the And now he has a new pair. He has a pair of pajama pants that are from like 1992. Literally. Steve, literally, they are he from wears All pro night. linebacker for the Dolphins, Mike, Steve Toll. Yeah. We were on a hog hunt. In Florida one time. Oh, this is, okay. And Steve was working for U.S. Tobacco as a representative, right? Kind of like Earl Campbell and 
gosh, Walt Garrison, some of these famous football guys, Joe Klecko. Joe Klecko. Yeah, yeah. We went on a hog hunt one time. And, and, and we sit down there somewhere with Steve. Anyhow, he gave me that dude. He could take. I, I watched him. He took a whole scan, can of snuff, mm-hmm. skull, and put it in his mouth at one time with one swipe. <laughs> Sounds like you. And couldn't even. And you couldn't even tell he had the skull in his mouth. He's the same guy. Also, first time we witnessed, put a whole chicken wing in his mouth and we just worked it around. Never used his fingers and just slid slid the bone out with pressure. That's what she said. Damnedest thing, <laughs> damnedest thing I ever seen. Yeah. Anyhow, he's the one that gave me those, whatever, whatever the pants I've been wearing. Oh. Y'all talk about. He gave you those pants on a hog hunt. We were wondering. No, <laughs> no, we weren't on a hog hunt when he gave them to me. Oh, that's quite a story. So Anyhow, I still got them. I still got them. And he still wears them. They've I got holes wearing. in them. Yeah. Well, they're starting yeah. to get holes, but they don't make clothes like that anymore. Yeah. No. That's true. <laughs> they, they certainly don't. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> well, so that's where, because I've seen you do that chicken, that chicken wing thing. Now. I can't do it like that, dude. Steve no. Toll was the best. I think that there was one time. Remember that TNN show that they had you on, um, that NASCAR show, Motor Madness or whatever, that was on late nineties, and you were doing like a weekly correspondent thing there for a little bit. Okay. Um, I remember the first week you did it. You were at Darlington, and the premise of it was like you were just going to go around the garage and try to interview your buddies, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And the premise of it was each driver would see you coming, and then they would they would find Take something else running. to do. Yeah, like, they did that anyhow. You, well, you're right. Yeah. So then that was that. So one week, I think y'all are in Texas, and the premise of your your spot that week was you took Hut Strickland, which by the way, all time great NASCAR name, Hut Strickland. Oh, He's yeah. a good follow on Twitter too. Yeah. Um, and a good dude. And a good guy, yeah. Cat, get the hell off the table. <laughs> Stocks. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Come here, boy. animals, man. <laughs> Come on, baby. Um, driving me nuts. Y'all went out somewhere and got wings, and then you were showing him the right way to eat a chicken wing where you just pop the thing in your mouth. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Whittle it, around, whittle it around a little bit. Well, yeah. That's she said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, yeah. And then pop out the bones. That's, That's what, what she, she said. said. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and uh, I just remember watching that in Hut because Hut genuinely got – Got to laugh and got tickled by, by you sitting there watching you eat these, these chickens. Did he do it too then? I don't know if he did or not. These are somewhere. See, I know last year, not not 2018, 2017 for Christmas, I took and digitized your old Bush series mm-hmm. wins and some old spots and the, the Remington commercial that you and me and Dale and Taylor Earnhardt were in. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one of my other things. I get those VHS tapes and digitize them a little bit. Real quick, I think the girls are texting each other while we're sitting here. Oh. I think they're. Oh, no, Sarah's oh, sitting here texting. No no, she's sitting there petting the cat. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I oh, so it's just Katie that's over here texting. And, okay. I was going to say. Y'all can't leave these damn phones long enough to even do a professional interview. Oh, wait, wait, no, 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 no. My phone is not even in sight. You are much worse about your phone than I am. You can't go to dinner. Everybody got their phones Wait, out. no. Ah! Well, go to what? Go to what? No. Go to dinner. Go to dinner. 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 It's supper. No. Get, get, get. Yeah. No. Wait. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Sarah. Yes. I think I think people might want to know, like, what's your favorite thing about being my twin? <laughs> yeah. People can't see you making that motion. <laughs> uh, uh, can't see it. Uh, face. It's all audio, Sarah. What uh, is your favorite thing? There's just too many to count. Yeah. yeah. What's your favorite thing about being a twin? Always having someone here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. There's no sarcasm in this at all. Yeah, no. 
Never having to worry about being in the spotlight because Katie always <laughs> <laughs> Katie was taking up the whole life. I don't think that's true. <laughs> I think you... Well, yeah. What is the worst thing about being so overshadowed by your, your older sibling? It's for both of you. It's a question. Well... Talk about you. Talk about I Ricky think, girls. I think... <laughs> yeah, we, we got that. I think they picked up on I it. I think, you know... <laughs> It's just, okay, like, for example, I think Sarah the other day was, um, had gone to, she was trying to eat a Reese's cup. Mom had gone to the store and got all kinds of groceries because mm-hmm. she knew you were coming home. Uh-huh. Sarah went and was about to eat a Reese's cup and mom was like, I got those for Ricky. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, so, I don't know. Like. Well, I'll tell you one of the, I will Ricky say I'm just enjoying Reese's cups. Yeah. yeah well, we have too much so. more stocked when you. When Ricky comes home, we eat good, don't we, girls? Yeah. Yeah. No. We That's do. Prodigal son returns. We did have a good <laughs> meal tonight: barbecue chicken, mashed potatoes, green beans, corn rolls, the salad. I don't even know what you call it. Salad. You call That's it. You call it Katie's salad. Katie's salad. Yeah, yeah. See, we don't have any food name after me. Well, what, what, what would be the meal that you would want cook named after you? Well, no one's bothered to ask, so they wouldn't know. Would they? Well, I'm asking now. <laughs> well, I haven't had a chance to think about it. No one's <laughs> Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. well. On that note, what? y'all don't. Y'all, on go the, ahead. Yeah. Um, what is your favorite thing about having twin sisters that are thirteen years younger than you? Oh God, I got yeah. mom off my my butt about my grades. <laughs> I just got to. Ricky hang out. was a state, straight A student. Y'all came along. I was. Sorry, he man. was. He was straight A's in school. Y'all come along. You went can, downhill. There's. There's a. Uh, there's somewhere up there in those boxes in the attic. There's actually there's, there's, there's proof of this. You take all my report cards out, and y'all got born when y'all got born. When, when got y'all born. were born, we got born. We were actually yeah. hatched. Yeah, <laughs> when y'all were hatched out, out the. Yeah, when y'all were hatched, <laughs> my grades plummeted. But uh, Do y'all ever get scared of the racetrack girls? Did y'all were y'all scared? were young when I, I got, got out of the car. Y'all were young, right? Yeah, I got scared when I cut off the tip of my finger in the motorhome. Can't say I got scared. How did you? That was, how did you do that? I was working on a Valentine's Day card for the family because you know Aww. I'm the loving one. Yeah. Yeah. So and I like, had scissors and I was trying to cut something like some string for the card and I just cut the tip of my finger off. You can't see this, but it's there's a little spot on the tip of my finger where you can see. We and went, then go ahead. And then Kay knocked my cast off, so I had to go. Uh, we, yeah. went, we 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 we. I went to a fair number of infield care centers, but the girls, the, we had to take the girls also. I don't think we ever had to take me. Well, I had to go to the ER a few times. I actually, I do. I remember one time when you wrecked. When I th- yeah, that was around the same time that the finger incident happened, <laughs> and I oh, and I remember mom started freaking out because you just wrecked on the TV because we had been playing Wiggles, but then we turned it to the TV, <laughs> and then yeah, but you were fine. No, obviously. Other than both of his shoulders. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, maybe that was one of those. Yeah. Yeah, I do remember that too. I remember one time that somebody radioed in that you had wrecked, but like we never really were old enough to understand what Mm. was happening. Because when you retired, we were what, six or seven? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So, but I mean, I still have a lot of memories of going. Yeah. I would never worry. I remember <laughs> Bobby Labonte brought us lobsters. Yep. Yep. Someone brought us M&M's. That had been Schrader. Schrader. Yeah. Schrader always bought we, you M&M's. Yeah, Bobby, we liked him. Bobby always bought you lobsters. We liked people who brought us food. Yeah. Yeah. I still, still, I still yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Uh, Brought you lobsters. Yeah. yeah. Where that was, was this? Was that Bobby or Bobby and Terry? That was, was just a, Bobby. That was, it was a Bobby. 
It was in New Hampshire. That was at New Hampshire. New Hampshire. I thought it was. Ah, uh, of course. New Hampshire lobsters. We did always have lobster around, up in New Hampshire. That's true. Every oh. time we were up there, we always end up lobster something. Well, what? Nothing. Okay. Trying to remember. We, had, we had a lot of good memories with our MRO, MRO people, too. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I Motor racing that. outreach. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Miss Jackie, wasn't it? Miss Jackie, yeah. Miss Melanie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of good memories with all of them. Yeah. yeah. That was a cool deal. Did y'all ever sing on the front stretch think, of Bristol? I think we did one year one when year. we were really little. I think you did. Um, we have the T-shirts, so I think we did. I don't remember that. You remember singing in front of 100,000 people, sir? No. Oh. I'm sure Katie was in my way. So I could see him. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. <laughs> uh, who was y'all's buddies? It was uh, uh, Robert and Gina's kids, yep. right? Yeah. Yep. Shelby and Coleman Presley. Yeah, that's right. Shout yeah. out if you're listening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we hung out with Shelby a lot. Yeah. Like, all the time. We went to Chuck E. Cheese together at different places. Um, I don't know who else... I remember Paige Burton and Olivia Andretti. There was, there was a Jared boy, wasn't there? Jared. Jared. <laughs> wasn't there? Oh, that one boy, Dale Jarrett's son. Oh, said, oh. yeah. Weren't we in? Yeah. Were we in? Were we in the youngest the one. Yeah. What's, his, what's the youngest? Oh. Zach. 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 Uh, thanks, Mom. I remember <laughs> Zach's, I think it was Zach's mom telling Sharon, y'all's mom, that Zach came in the motorhome one night and says, I got my eye on the mask girls. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, probably, he probably couldn't see me because he was When we went to Richmond, all three, oh, let's see, all three of us, me, Sarah, and Dad, went to Richmond last September. That's and right. and Sarah, that was the first time you had been back in a while, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sarah. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and, um. Sarah was sitting there asking Dad questions during the race, and one of the questions, do you remember one of the questions that yes. she asked you? Yes. Sarah, what did you ask him? Do you if remember? he ever got bored going around the turn? <laughs> <laughs> Which, no, that's not my question. That's just a question that I get asked when people find out about your occupation. So I was just asking for the people. They want to know what again? If you ever got bored going around. In, in circles. In circles. Well, yeah. I know. That's a simpler Simplization. Simplification. Simplification. I like simplization better. That's a Rick word. (laughs) That's a Rick word right there. Yeah. Well, did you? Well, did you get No, I never got that. Was that the question? Yeah, I think so. If you're on interstate and you're going at whatever speed for a while, you get used to it and you kind of get bored. So I don't know if it's the same on a race car track. No. No. That's good to know. Yeah. Well, there you have it. Yeah. Well, I think you need to go back to the shoulder. You know, this is all about me. The bass cast is about <laughs> oh me. It's, it's about, about me. Yeah. It's about me yeah. and my shoulder. What else? So I got a tour of what? Well, I don't know. But I, but judging by my evaluation, I think you tore your labrum. Okay. What is your evaluation, Sarah? Well, I think he's fine. It's <laughs> 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 like that it. day in the middle. <laughs> That's right. There you go. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> All right, well, th- on the, then on that note, <laughs> the first guests of MassCast, Katie and Sarah Mass. Hello. Thank you very much. Thanks, Thank girl. Thank you. Yeah. Thank, thanks for having me on. Oh, you're very it was welcome. a fun time. Yeah, well, we, we look forward to having you back. Yes, yes, I look forward to being back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll see you next time on MassCast. Bye. <laughs> Toodles. <laughs>